You Can Hack It, Episode 12, The Fight Mechanic of Burning Wheel. One, two, three, Android, are you ready? Come on. You are listening to You Can Hack It. I'm John. And I'm Kyle. Join us for the next hour, or so, as we delight your senses. No matter the game, no matter the challenge, you, you can, can hack it. Warning, You Can Hack It has a lot of profanity. You have been warned. Put your pants up, girl, you got legs like shotguns. Nice to meet you, Kyle. A pleasure again. So who are you cheering for for a uh, World Cup? You mean soccer? Uh, I don't know. Which 12-year-old child is playing it again? <laughs> Running around? My, my my nephew, Nicholas, he plays a lot of soccer. Oh. Yeah. They both, as, as much as like three-year-old kids do, they run around as a little group and then they kick the ball all over the place and end up going to the ice cream truck when it comes by and ignoring everything and, and they don't score goals, but... Uh, is he pretty excited about the World Cup? Uh, he doesn't really have a concept of what a World Cup is, unless, of course, uh, Diego or perhaps Dora talk about it in Spanish. So, probably not. I don't actually uh, give a rat's ass about uh, about the World Cup. Isn't that terrible? Three quarters of the universe love it. The entire world loves the World Cup. I don't. Uh, but I've always been pretty... What's the word I'm looking for? Apathetic towards most sports in general. But I, I actually figured this out. Two percent of my life will have World Cup being played. That's because time the time. games go so fucking long. Because it's one month of every forty-eight months, <laughs> and one in forty-eight is about two percent. And so, about two percent of my life, World Cup will be being played. Two percent of your existence is World Cup. Yes. Wow, that's incredible. That that is. It was kind of shocking, almost. A revelation, as you will. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's talk about less um, active games. How are you doing? Uh, what, what's your what's your role playing existence like, sir? Well, we just started a, uh, a burning wheel game uh, that I'm running. Yes, I'm playing again. That's its cornered rats. Has this happened? I'm so excited. For in burning wheel, yes, that's right. And uh, it's I can't remember who made the comment that I was listening to something, and the comment was, "You always run the things you want to play." And you ran Burning Wheel a lot because you wanted to play it. <laughs> like so badly, it's it's like a physical need. When I with the the short the short game of of Cornered Rats that you ran, I gloried in it. I gloried in it. And as you can see, the first session we played, I gloried in my character as well. I am a total skill whore. Like I literally derailed the entire game last game by uh, me just simply talking about rats and then doing a rat infestation cleaning, and it was great. And everybody picked up the system. Um, I think everybody played it before, except for one. No, actually, everybody had played it before, but it had been a little while. They only played once, and it was a good reminder to everybody how the game went. Yeah, like and link tests. This is how that works. Let's talk about uh, circles. This is how circles works. All that kind of thing. And uh, I think everybody had a good time, which the cornered rats, everybody had a good time. It's just, that was interesting because we came to it with a preconception of an idea. With this and I made sure we had no idea what we are going to do, and we sat down and then figured out the game we were going to play. World burning, sir. It was the way to go. Yeah. worked really well, I think. Every single person was invested in what was happening and yes. invested in the character they created as a result of the world burning we did. I think that is the way to create a very engaging world. And at the same time, when I decided that I wanted to... Uh, run a Burning Wheel game, I said, I want to play a high fantasy game because I knew that I could get everybody invested in that. Where Core Rights, everybody was invested, but it wasn't never going to be a long-term game because it was everybody's weak and kind of frail and failure was part of the game, is always part of the game, but this Corner Rats was all about the failure. And, and children running around without shoes. I disagree, shoes. sir. That game could have gone long term. <laughs> and we eventually would have been kings of the city. Hard won, for sure, but eventual kings. And as it stands, I'm playing uh, my usual three life path. I, I was thinking about doing two, but I thought I'm not that much of a masochist. I, th- um, I would have made you play three life path. Yeah, three, three life path yeah, gives you a lot of... Uh, I have a lot of skills that are very low. So it still achieves what I'm looking for. In that I love seeing skills go up. Like literally last game, I had a skill that went up because it was at one. I used it once in one situation and I helped with another situation and suddenly it's two. And that's a really gratifying feeling. It feels really good to get a skill up and see yeah, that number yeah. change. It's a, it's a great reward cycle. 
I was actually very pleased with myself. I put up a chart to show, you know, how skills, like, what you need for skill to get a mark to add to your skill to eventually get to increase. And I think it really helped. Right above your Usually, head, yeah. It was great. It was, really, it was really nice that people out. could look at it and go, okay, that's, I have this many dice. The diff, yeah, is a difficult, okay, I got it. Check. Done. And actually that went really smoothly, which I was happy about. I didn't, yeah. uh, though I did keep track of some of the skill things because it's actually a great way of keeping track of what happened in the game. If you simply just write down the skills that are used over the course of the game, you then know exactly what happened in that game. Because literally the skills affect the fiction, which uh, pleases me greatly. So what else can you know? Everything I do involves you, John. It seems like it just occurred to me. I'm like, I know. I, don't think... <laughs> I, I, uh, I know because I, uh, that's why I'm throwing it at you, acting as if I don't actually know. Let's talk about contenders. We had a great monster weight class hack of contenders that we did. Uh, really funny. Contenders, you can literally create what spin whatever fiction you want. And we created this Dungeons and Dragons style monster fighting arena where these monster weight creatures, I played a, a hideous, uh, troll who was, who cooked his own body parts as part of a trollicatessen. That was his, that was his hope that his trollicatessen would become really huge and he would be able to serve up parts of his body that grew back instantly. So it was all good to the various parts of the patron. It was very gonzo and fun. The character I had was, even though it was, like, fun and ridiculous, it was still, there's everybody had elements of a real person in them. Like, I played a giant gorilla who had two children and his wife, and he and he was trying to make enough money so his wife didn't have to take on jobs like prostitution or something that horrible that would. And that was basically my goal, was to, to get, make enough money so my wife would not have to fall into the life, uh, life of prostitution. It was all grounded in something. Like, my character wanted to create a successful culinary business. Just the, the swerve, of course, being that it was his own body. And your swerve was being you're a giant gorilla going to fight so your wife wouldn't become a gorilla whore. <laughs> And, and he's putting his children through school, and yeah. I was all, like, and <laughs> the school. All the, like, all my money visits were all, making sure they get good education, paying off the tuition. And uh, Colin's character was a was a golem That's right. that was learning that was trying to get it, help his his creator, who is is also his kind of father figure, getting him a new body, and he eventually did get him a new body, which was a female body, and then he married that female body, and it was it was very strange. And funny and, and awesome. And, and we actually all had a good ending. For yes. the first time ever, that game had a positive ending. We actually managed to manage the pain and hope to such a way that we actually all had positive hope. It's never happened to me before. I've never seen that happen. Here was my... Anybody listening out there? Uh, it's for people to listen, apparently. If you're playing Contenders, if you want to have a positive ending, what I did was, for most of the game... I purposely would fail my matches, but bet against myself so I get more money out of it. And with that money, I'd spend my money and go visit my like my family, my connections, and increase my connections so I increase my hope. And with the very initial, I made sure my hope was higher than my pain, and so my hope was always staying ahead of my pain. So, but you always had enough cards to draw for the uh, the visiting or making things better. I always had one to two more than the opponent, so there was very good odds that I win. I would admit that some, it was a little scary sometimes. And I think I trained once, and that's only after I accidentally won a match. Yeah, that's right, because you had a whole bunch of surplus money. You're like, well, what do I do? And and I'm, I'm plus one in Pope, so you don't have to go visit your family this time around. I can just go train. So it was very interesting. We didn't do a lot of dick moves against each other because the... Except for I, I, I encouraged my dick move against me because I was winning by so much. Like I, like you could afford it, right? I could afford it. And I thought it would be very fun. Yeah, the uh, the imperiling a um, uh, a connection. It's actually kind of hard to do because there's a certain. I mean, there's there's competition, sure, but then there's being a douche yes. competition, which which really, if you choose to do that as your scene, you're literally endangering someone's hope. In one of their connections, and then as a result, like but you're, what you're doing is you're physically attacking their character in kind of a really and ruining their chance of a good of, ending. Yeah, and it's. Yeah. Like, I mean, a certain group would really enjoy that. I think we encouraged it once, but I mean, if we just did that to each other all the time, I don't think it would be as much fun. I was winning by so much, and I thought it'd be really fun. I actually told the other person because he said, "I don't want to do this unless you say it's okay." I'm like, "No, do this. I think it'd be lots of fun. It'd be really interesting." Yeah. Yeah. And it was. And it turned out very close ending. Like, I only won by like one or two hope in the end, or like a good ending. You really so gotta have a good communication to have those things happen. I think you can really only do those scenes if you 
are in there for complete competition if you can compete with your friends in a, in a, in a healthy kind of way or if, if you make it very clear to each other that let's try this and the consequences either way are going to be fun. The only thing I can think of is I had another, did some LARP games again. I, I play every two weeks. Vampire LARP again is, as usual, a mix of things. I always find that the game is, the game is, is just terribly boring unless you have a plan of some kind. You really gotta, like I said, when there's 17 people in a room and only three STs of various stripes, uh, you have to be a self-starter and that game is really, is really good at teaching you to be a self-starter or how to complain and be about being bored all the time. Because there's, there's people who do that. They sit there and go, I'm bored, there's nothing happening, blah, blah, blah. And then there's me who goes around and makes things happen. Self-starting, including other players, will not bother the STs. The exactly. You should involve the STs as little as possible because they're busy. They got stuff to do. And unless you want to wait in the queue, which is really boring, if you're doing a LARP, you got to be self-starting, you got to do your own thing. And to be honest, the STs will appreciate it. They'll always thank you for it. And, uh, again, as a player, I think there are certain responsibilities you have to ensure that everyone around you has fun. That's a, that's one of my beliefs. If, if it was one of my three beliefs, perhaps for some sort of game that we're going to be talking about today. What, games don't have beliefs, John. That, that seems like you're trying to, there's no love letters to the GM. I'm actually talking about it. <laughs> That's right. It's all just the GM in his Viking hat sitting there saying, Oh, this is my world, oh baby. Look Listen, at the railroad that I've put you on. Choo-choo. You must follow this road. There is no... It may look like there's corners and there's extra paths, but really they're all... It all kind of, walls. kind of ends up in the same place, like a like a frayed rope, right? All the, all the lines lead back to the, to the central plot. Which, if you know you're getting into it, sometimes it's okay. You can, you know, if, if, what's that called? Participantism or something like that? It's the idea that everyone knows it's a, it's, 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 it's a ride, so hold on, strap in, and enjoy it. As long, if everyone's just holding on, strapping, and enjoy it, then, then awesome. Go for it. Let's go for the ride. Uh, again, the occasional night out for Thai food is great. I wouldn't want to have Thai every day. But I'm with you. It's not, it's not bad. As long as everybody's on board. Yeah. If you're dragging someone to the roller coaster that really doesn't want to go, maybe you should just not let them on the roller coaster. Or maybe, do, maybe do a different ride. It's good, too. Different rides are good. All right. Um, so since you destroyed my Segway beliefs, I'm a monster. Don't <laughs> maybe that'll be fun. I'm part of the Fire Nation now. <laughs> and I will be part of the Water Nation. And I don't, I don't know anything about Avatar I just start, I just started watching the cartoon God, recently. Really? So I, yeah. I haven't... I have never... I've heard about it. I've heard good things. It's good. I'm I've, surprised. I, but then I... I'm enjoying my, my biggest problem with anime is I, is I catch parts of Naruto sometimes when I'm flipping through the channels, and I hate all anime for a while, <laughs> because that show is terrible. I'm not really the demographic for it, being an old man, but I've heard that Avatar is, is good stuff. And apparently so is Full Metal Alchemist. Yes, I watched them back in the day. Uh, I don't really remember much. Very uh, steampunky. Steampunk's a fun uh, genre. A friend of mine's actually building jewelry for it. Steampunk jewelry. He's actually got a bunch of clock gears and Whoa. other things, and he's trying to build these. And he's got this book that shows him how to do some of that stuff. It's really neat. That's really neat. It is. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he's going to come up with. Have you seen some of the steampunk guns that people have done, like Weta and all those no. guys? Amazing. Look it up. The Weta Workshop has these... Steampunk guns that are incredible. So, are we going to fight now, John? Let's fight! Or let's talk about how fight... Uh, maybe there's a different technique somewhere out there that we could use, because there's some fight problems that we have that we'll talk about after the beep. Beep! There are many different systems in Brooding Wheel. One of them is the fight mechanic. And we're, we try to look at it and go, okay, is this for us? And... See if we can find an alternate if it's not for us to, uh, to use a system. And the first question though is, is it worth it? Because looking at the burning wheel system, what do we like? Do we want to use a different system? Well, no, because there's so many good things about, uh, burning wheel. My favorite probably has to be the complex skill system where the, the way that skill is advanced using different types of rewards onto the skill system. You, you try to do something, you roll the dice, if you succeed or fail, you get some sort of check on that skill, and maybe eventually that skill goes up. And if you really care about that skill, you'll spend these points that you get from a 
going for your beliefs, and the beliefs require you to use the skill to be able to get the skill higher, and in doing so, you achieve your beliefs to get more points you can spend on those skills to make those skills better. And it's a great, wonderful, beautiful system. I love the complex skill system. It's great. The Duel of Wits is a social uh, mechanic where you have a pool and a disposition where each people competes against each other, using the different your skills to challenge each other, using the system, and but you also have to include verbal cues to actually uh, iterate um, aligns or discuss, and then you roll. So you have to actually become engaged. And it's not just, can I talk better than you, which always sucks, because if one person is a better talker, then they'll be him. So I think this is a great social argument mechanic that really plays allows people to role play and still use a system to, if the person's better socially, to still win. Or sometimes, as luck has it, maybe the other person wins. But I now, think it's wonderful. Yeah, and I love circles. I mean, circles is such an amazing idea. The idea that you can simply say, listen, I know a guy. This guy does this or that. And the GM says, awesome, let's see what happens. Here's the difficulty based on these very specific things you're looking for. If you're looking for a guy that's good at something, well, that's the difficulty goes up a bit. If you're looking at a guy, if you want to get a guy right now, that difficulty goes up a little more. Depending on the situation, the circle skill creates NPCs. NPCs that the players want to have in their history, perhaps, without having to write a long, detailed history about every single Tom, Dick, and Jagoff Harry that they possibly know. And the nice thing about that is that once the NPCs are created, if you fail the role, you create an antagonistic NPC. Uh, someone that it wants you to do you ill. It creates an enemy. If you succeed, it creates someone who may want to help you. And then from there, the NPC arrives, you then interact with them, and through skill roles and through negotiation, they may become, enemies may become friends, friends may become enemies, it all depends. And the key there is the person always shows up. It's just a matter of what kind of disposition do they have towards you. But it's, you say you want to throw, I have another character in here, the GM goes, yes. That's his answer, because that's what that's what will happen. It's just what kind of character. His NPC gets thrown into the, into the mix. The enemy clause is an amazing piece where the GM can say, yes, you get a guy, but he hates you, or but he secretly plots against you, or but he's totally incompetent. And that's uh, that's always great. And a lot of this, which is why I think we like Burning Will so much, puts the control of the game in the player's hands, or puts a portion of the control in the player's hands. And it distributes the responsibilities a little bit. I mean, the GM is still has a great deal of responsibility with pacing. I think pacing is extremely important for GMs to keep track of. Absolutely. But NPC creation, I mean, again, as a GM, there's a certain point where I'm like, all right, yeah, his name's Bob. Here's Bob. But... You know, coming up with names and stuff is a lot. You got to get those big sheet of names. You got to do a little work for that. And sometimes, after a while, you're kind of like, "Well, I don't know what you want here. What do you want?" And as a player, you now can say, "This is what I want," and you can even add in his name if you get enough successes. And so we like all this stuff about the system. And then we got to the fight mechanic, and both of us have looked at it and went, "Huh? We like so much of the rest of the system that we want to use Burning Wheel." Yes. So we went, yes, we use the system. Now let's take a look at Fight Mechanic and see how we can use it, if it can be used, or if we want to change it. Exactly. And this this is a long and tortured story of, of our struggle with the Fight Mechanic. And we're going to talk about essentially what our issues with Fight was, what solutions we attempted to use, the problems and the benefits of those solutions, and what we ultimately ended up with. And let's start with essentially our, our major issues with fight. And again, what I want to say by this is that our issues are our issues. What we personally yes. found problematic with this system. The system works. The fight mechanic does work. But we have some concerns with it. With the right group, with long-term play, everybody can learn it. I'm sure enjoy it at some point. But if you're not sure if it's a long-term play, like I'm putting it at a five-game sets for my game with uh, option to renew, and so I'm only ever guaranteed five games, so I have no idea how long ultimately the game will go on. And if three games are just figuring out the fight mechanic and the game ends after five games, it's not really worth people's investment to learn that. And so that's what I want to say. First thing is, it's a complex system. Yes. The biggest issue with what I mean by, what we mean by complex is that there are certain 
rules in it that that don't track with a lot of other games we're used to, and there is a learning curve involved with unlearning certain things. So probably the biggest piece that I found complex is positioning. The way the positioning system works in the fight mechanic is it's all relative. You have to keep track of relative distances. And this creates some incredible cognitive dissonance if you combine that with multiple participants. If you're trying to keep track of how far away you are from your enemy, that's great. But what if there's two enemies? For example, if guy A advances on guy B, and they're together, and then guy B advances on guy C, that doesn't mean that guy A and C are close. It just means that A and B are close, B and C are close. But A and C, they're in this nebulous other place. You don't know how close they are to each other. And that blows people's minds who are used to looking at grids and seeing exactly where everybody is. Exactly. You could have grids. Visualization would help with that. And it's not that we can't figure it out. I'm sure over time we could and would learn this system and learn how this would work. But again, it takes the time that I don't know if we have. It stops the game dead. It completely annihilates the momentum we've gained from the game. It glazes over eyes and causes people to lean back from the table and kind of a, I don't give a shit anymore. And that is deadly. That's bad news. The other thing we're having an issue with with Fight Mechanic is, is to, is to think about, think about this for a second. Every single other set of systems have intent. When you're doing a duel of wits, you have an intent. You have what you want from this guy. If you're doing a skill, you have an intent. I want to, I want to find evidence. If you're doing a circles, I want to find this guy so I can do this thing. I want to find a healer so I can get healed. The intents are all in baked into the system, except for fight. Fight is not goal-based. You literally slap each other until someone falls down or gives up. Every other mechanic seems to encourage failure as a way of increasing the story. Where fight mechanic is the only thing where failure doesn't actually add any extra story elements other than you get hurt. Yeah, and that's and, it. And that's it. And that doesn't really add to the story. You can make it add, but everything else has a built-in automatically making it more fun, more story elements are added in when failure occurs. And there are situations where if you take enough wounds, you're literally taken out of play for years. Like if you take a mortal wound or a, or a traumatic wound, your character literally is useless until several months pass. Uh, you know, laid up in bed or whatever it is. And the consequences of that are pretty dire. I mean, it, I guess the intent is to make fights seem lethal and to make each fight matter because it's so lethal. But again, there's a dissonance attached to it. It doesn't cause it. May, that may not be an interesting outcome. Whereas every single other system can create interesting outcomes, interesting failure states. This doesn't. And if you're focusing on the beliefs of what people have and what they want to achieve, and I look through all the characters. Fight doesn't really fit into that and what people want to achieve. They don't have to fight the dragon. They want to, you know, help their friends. They want to go on a quest across the ocean. They like, But it doesn't necessarily include or have to include a fight as part of achieving that. I can make that happen, I guess, but it's not it, it implicitly implied. Exactly, For and that's, and that's the big thing. Every, as I said, every single other system is very elegant. Fight seems to be a lot more focused on the moment-to-moment and less on the overall intent of what you want to do. And it, it just seems to stick out like a sore thumb from everything else in the system. It's not baked in like everything else is. It's not connected. And when you're trying to achieve your goals, you're going to be making skill checks. You're going to be doing dual of wits to talk to people. You're going to be using circles to find people to help you. Again, all of these other systems, we know we will be using them. We know we'll be enjoying using them as well. Yeah, there's everything in there, and even the resource system, which some yes. of our players have some issues with. There was always that ongoing discussion about the one resource point for a pair of shoes. Uh, I know, I, I get it. Some some other people tend to think it's really dumb, but I understand the idea of scarcity and 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 playing with people who have smaller amounts of resource points, and then later on having to make money by spending money is always a dissonance for people as well. Then what we're saying here is that Fight Mechanic, for our purposes, it's complex enough that it takes long enough to learn that it's it would take up too much of our time. It may just ultimately be too complex. We may not be interested in it. And we're trying to either we look at simplifying it or finding another way to do fight um, 
outside maybe of the Burning Wheel. There is a simplified system in Burning Wheel, and it's called Bloody Verses. Yeah, which we'll talk about a little later. Uh, right now, we wanted to try and use something other than fight to fit in that hole. We wanted to 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 cut out fight and put something in that space. And that this is going to chronicle our attempts to do that. We tried two different two different alternatives to do this. And really, when we looked at what the other things had, they had these goal-based uh, ideas or the fact that failure can be fun, I would even say. We went, okay, well, how can that happen? What other system does that? Well, we immediately looked to Mouse Guard. It was one of the first things we did. Exactly. Mouse Guard, in a, a lot of ways, uh, representing a direction that burning wheel that uh, of the burning wheel system a, a I wouldn't call it an evolution because it's not really newer and better it's just different maybe a divergent path of burning wheel that Lucrane did to uh, encompass this very specific narrative about uh, a group of people against a, a large uncaring world and if you have the question, well, why don't you just use uh, Mouse Guard, I think we've already explained the reasons why we wanted to use Burning Wheel. Yeah, there's enough material in the core Burning Wheel game that we wanted to preserve that we wanted to play Burning Wheel. There's just this one system that we were having issues with that we want to replace with something else. So how did that go? Well, Mouse Guard's conflict mechanics are very similar to the Duel of Wits conflict mechanics. Everything is based on a disposition. Everything is based on intent. So, for example, if you're fighting a uh, an orc or a kraken or something, you could have an intent of something like get away from the orc or the kraken before its friends arrive. You could have something like uh, steal the treasure in a running fight. Or or you could just have a, a simple thing of defeat the creature and look amazing doing so. But there's always an intent written in it, and a disposition, literally a set of hit points that go down, determining how well you do in the conflict. With the fight mechanic in Burning Wheel, there are options of what you can do. There are so many different, like, feint um, to, like, strike. What, there's a bunch of them. Feint, strike, counter-strike, uh, block and strike, <laughs> charge, tackle. Mouse Guard has four. Attack, defend, maneuver, faint. That's it. So that would, that's it. We looked more, okay, that's simpler. It does simplify things down a bit. It still has the structured system of the hidden actions. So you have three actions, three volleys, where you literally don't know what the other person's going to do until you reveal it. And I like that chaos in battle. I think that hidden piece is really effective and really creates that fog of war effect. So Muscar did achieve that which we liked as well. And those three volleys, you said the same as a Duel of Wits, the same as a fight mechanic. And so here we're keeping actions, you reveal, as it comes up, you still have three volleys, so we're trying to keep kind of the same, same streamline here. Exactly, trying to keep the same spirit of what was trying to happen in the fight mechanic, but using something with a little bit more simplistic looks. But we ran into some problems. Burning Wheel is extremely tightly wound together game. Every single system is based off another system. It's like all these cogs that are tied together. When you pull out one cog, it means a bunch of other things don't have purchase. It doesn't, the whole machinery begins to shake and fall down. So what's the first problem? Well, the mouse guard conflict mechanics make no allowances for wound tolerances. In the Burning Wheel game, you get injured, and these injuries affect you over time. Well, in most cards, that's not how that works. They have a very simple set of conditions. You check them off as they occur. Um, it's like tired, hungry, angry, sick, and um, injured. And not in that order, but that's it. You just check one of those off. Whereas with the wound tolerances, you get superficial wounds, and light wounds, and medium wounds, and traumatic wounds, and etc. And there's... N so we would have to literally rip out the entire wound tolerance system for the, for the mouse guard system to work. And in addition, we'd also have to rip out the weapon damage system, because weapon damages wouldn't have any effect anymore. We'd have to use the mouse guard weapon system. And then there's speed, and then there's... Health, and then health. there's steel. Steel wouldn't be effective because you don't get hurt, so there's no hesitation. If there's no hesitation, then your there are a couple of different traits that affect hesitation, that affect your steel, that would get pulled out and be useless as well. So this was looking like it couldn't work. And in fact, I think that's where we ended up going 
Oh. Why don't we just hack Mouseguard? It would be easier than hacking Burning Wheel. <laughs> Let's just play Mouseguard at this point, because at that point we were pulling out several different things. I mean, if you pull out the wound tolerances, then uh, several of the recovery mechanics in, in Burning Wheel also have to get scrapped. And if you are taking out the weapon damage, then there are several, like... Uh, again, some of the some of the armor stuff that was in that's in the game, all the armor rules. Again, that gets pulled out, so then armor becomes less useful. And again, we could sort of see the machinery grinding and grinding. And and as we were playing with it, we're like, well, what does this do? Well, this this uh, again, uh, reflexes. What does reflexes do? Nothing. Well, reflexes is worthless now. So that out. A core of the machine is now not moving and useless. At yeah, all. there are several stats in Burning Wheel now that now do nothing. And so you're sitting there going, well, this isn't uh, ideal. This isn't working. So Mouse Guard, ultimately, we, we did what we could with it. The, we, we tried just plopping it in. But to be honest, in a lot of ways, you're better off taking Mouse Guard and hacking it to look like Burning Wheel than taking Burning Wheel and hacking it to make it look like Mouse Guard. There's less work involved, I think, in my opinion, to... to uh, wow. We we struggled with that for a while. But, again, Burning Wheel, so many good things about it. We were like, nope, nope, going to use it. We were, we were determined, and I think we went to the internet at that point and we went to speak to the world. And we said, world, find us an alternative to the fight mechanic, and the world answered in the form of the podcast had a similar situation with us. He loved Mouse Guard, he loved Burning Wheel, wasn't a fan of Fight, wanted to marry the two together. So he created, he hacked together an alternative for this. And again, I'll put up some links to, I believe it's on the forums in the podcast. I'll try and find a, a specific link to it. And he has something that is similar to Mouse Guard, but tries to make use of things like reflexes, that tries to make use of speed, that tries to make use of the health mechanic and he still pulled in, at the same time, the four basic elements of, of Mouse Guard, the feint, maneuver, defend, attack. Exactly. However, he changed some things, and when we tried playing with it, there were some problems. For example, um, one of the things that he did was he had all injuries that, on the physical tolerance based on how many disposition you lost. So, if the enemy hits your team for five disposition, that means you take five points off someone's physical tolerance scale. They take a five wound or, or something. And you could share that up with whoever was participating. What we found with that was strange. Was For one, it never at any point hurt anybody, really. Because if you shared five points among three people, then uh, you were fine. Again, two off your physical tolerances is usually nothing, not even a scrape. In addition, what we also found was what if someone scripts a defend and they get those points back. Does that mean that those wounds disappear, or do you tally wounds at the end, or or what? Again, it was it didn't it didn't. Uh, there were some problems with it that uh, that created strangeness. If disposition can go up and down, does that mean your wounds appear and disappear? Does that mean you by defending you create an opportunity to gain more wounds, which seems odd if you're defending to get more disposition. The idea is that you're trying to get more health back not create more opportunities to get hurt, right? Basically, we ran into another point where we would have to actually step in ourselves and try and tweak and fiddle and see if we can make it work. We believed, I think, I think we chose wisely that it might not be best suited for us and for the game we want to run. The What I was using as a, as a metric for the most part was, at what point do my eyes glaze over and I lean back? And what point do other people's eyes glaze over and lean back? And for me, that's an easy thing for me to do because I'm not very numerically orientated. I'm, I'm, I'm symbol based. I, I don't like math. I'm more of a, you know, I, I don't, I don't think in that direction. So I was using myself as a metric and I was sort of going, okay, well, I, but then again, my tolerance of that is not very high. I also use Colin as a metric because Colin is much more mathematically inclined than I am, uh, as are you because of your experiences with games like Warhammer and what have you. You have a lot more mathematical inclinations. And when I saw Colin lean back, I realized that we were in trouble uh, with this system because it was causing the same amount of complexity with fight, but it was also frustratingly minimized as well. There were there were things that weren't working. Um, the uh, trying to use things like reflexes as additional dice that you could use as this floating pool. So if you could spend if you had three reflexes, you could spend three dice at any point during the conflict to make things better. Well, that kind of worked, but it became something to keep track of that you would sometimes forget. 
I want to just reinforce the fact that we wanted to make combat meaningful still. I think that's the whole reason why I went on this path, mm-hmm. is that we're looking at a way of saying, okay, we, fight is complex, but when a fight happens, it should be meaningful, and it should have some impact, and it should be fun as well. So Yeah, there should be consequences to it. There should be, uh, but, but more importantly, we wanted the consequences to be interesting either way, and that was the big thing. We wanted failure and success to both be interesting outcomes. And again, these hacks were, were not quite working for us. Again, they were trying to find something that would fit our particular group that would be something the group would enjoy. Because again, it's difficult to shoehorn something into a group. If a group's not feeling it, then it's not going to work. And you really have to tweak things in the edges and create little, little bits and pieces. I mean, just as a side thing, one of the hacks we instigated, and this is not, it has nothing to do with fight, but we instigated a hack in the burning wheel system involving something called the fields of related knowledge, forks. We said, look, having us pull in 16 different skills to a single die roll is lame. One skill, one wise. We took that hack from the Burning Empires role-playing game, uh, which is a, another sort of outshoot, the, one of the other... Lucrane uh, projects. Lucrane projects. Not an evolution, but a, a side a side Lucian, like Cro-Magnon Man and, and Neanderthal, and then the middle one, Homo sapien. Except we killed those other guys. We're dicks. Uh, we're jerks. We killed all those guys. Or, or we married into them and sexed them to death. Uh, <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Quite possibly, uh, yeah. When we pulled that in, that was a, a result, a response to our dislike of constantly trying to think of several different skills and several different wises to pull in. One skill, one wise, done. Much easier. That hack worked. I think it's a great, it's simple, and it really just resolved an issue that the game may have had that over five, seven years of play had come up in some situations. Yeah, I think, I, I remember in certain, um, certain interviews, Lucrine himself said that he really hated people jockeying for that extra, extra fork. Uh, because I'm, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing while I'm punching this guy, so I'm gonna pull in my sing skill. Lame, sir. Lame. And I mean, usually you can call that bullshit, but sometimes it gets a little difficult to call bullshit to your friends, right? You still want to have fun. One skill, one wise. Easy stuff. And I think you can always be happy. Um, as a GM, I can always be happy giving one bullshit. No problem. Like, if you give me a fun story about how you're going to pull this fork in, even if it's really not that closely related, it's only one. I'm not going to hold it against you. If you're trying for five, there's a certain point I'm just going to be like, okay, enough. Yeah, stop. Stop. Really stop. And again, you don't want to tromp on someone's fun but you don't want to give someone so much of an advantage that they're never going to lose. It saved my sanity, I think. And it saved, it made, I think it makes the game smoother. But this is kind of a side. It is a side point uh, that we're, we're saying that hacks work in Burning Wheel. There's, you know, smaller hacks like that. However, when you're pulling out a system as big as Fight and putting something in its place, again, you have to make sure all those teeth catch. Otherwise, you're going to run into a lot of problems. So, Mouse Guard Mechanic. For us, uh, concept of this of this fight system, the, his 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 hack, did wasn't a good fit for us. So what did we end up doing, Kyle? Well, we went back to the book, and of course, in the book, Luke predicted that some people would not like the fight mechanic, and he put something called bloody verses. And we looked at bloody verses for a bit, and we said, okay, well, this system is simplified. It is in the book, and as written at, written as it is in the book, it simply takes your pool of dice and splits in half into it into attack and defense. You can decide what's an attack, what's in defense, and then you simply roll. I think there is a certain minimum that should be in both. A minimum of one, I think, have to be in both. And you just roll the dice. Uh, the other person does attack and defense and rolls their dice. Compare successes. Uh, Add an extra story. You give a bunch of words of how awesome you are. Essentially, the fight itself becomes a side point. The fight rages, and in the end, this happens. And this person is injured, and this person is okay, or whatever it is. And... The abstraction works to to a greater extent. I I am, to be honest, I am not a fan of too much fighting back and forth. And to be honest, if I really want a fighty, fighty, fight, fight game, I would go to a different system. For example, in my mind, probably the best fighting game I've ever played, in terms of just raw fight, 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 probably be D&D 4. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, mean, mean, that's the only thing it does really well. So... I, I, if I want to just go into combat with a bunch of creatures and be all tactical and such, 
Or, or I'd play Warhammer 40k, which would be fun too. For Bo- that kind of both thing. realistically are miniature war games. Yeah, really. And they do it really well. So if I want to scratch my itch for tactical gaming, I would go there. I would go with just something that actually scratches that itch. Again, different experiences for different situations, right? And Burning Wheel is more about uh, an engaging story about fighting for what you believe in. And it's not moment to moment of the fight, it's what's the outcome of this fight. As a result of me matching wits with you, we have a terrible fight in the end, I'm at the point of your sword. In the end, you're at the point of my sword. Or in the end, we're both lying down, injured, because we tied. Right? Both both uh, speared by each other's spear. And one day, John, I'm sure we'll play a game, we'll play with the fight mechanic, and we'll both enjoy it, we'll have another person who will enjoy it too, who will really want to play it. And that will happen, I'm sure. If we put the time and effort into learning the system, we would probably get a good feel for it. But to yes. be honest, this isn't the time, it isn't the game for it. And that is actually something uh, Luke anticipated. He said, listen, the fight mechanic is an advanced system. You don't have to use it. It's over there. It's in the rim, they call it, rim of the wheel, the edge of it. But this is one of the spokes, bloody verses, use this instead. He anticipated that this system being complicated is not necessary to pull out every single time. I think his intent with fight mechanic was to pull it out when it was really a huge major confrontation with Luke versus Vader. That's what's going on. But shooting a bunch of stormtroopers, bloody verses. And bloody verses fits, because Luke created it, it fits within a system, it uses what he's created in the system. And so all those cogs that he has, all those stats are being uh, being used, being uh, employed, and so that, that works. And so we finally settled on that. So in the end, we went through hack after hack before going back to book and using uh, the rules as written. But we did try the fight mechanic. We tried it. It didn't work. So then we sought out something as an alternative. And I wouldn't say that didn't work. It worked. Uh, sorry, it didn't work for us. As a GM, too, I know myself well enough that I it, it's kind of appealing to me, but I looked at the group and went, okay, this is not going to work for the group. It I'm willing, I, and I'm always willing to try. I've never been able to really grasp fight in all the years I've played Burning Wheel, which is why I tend to use Bloody Verses for almost everything as well. I'm willing to learn. I just, It's just really, it's a lot of work to learn it. And I've never been in a Burning Wheel game long enough for it to be worthwhile to learn it. I'm never sure how long these games are going to go for. Because again... The system is great, everything is great with it, but for some reason, uh, it's hard to get the longevity of this game. I don't know what it is, I don't know why it is, but for some reason, Burning Wheel is a hard game to keep going for our groups. Which is which makes me sad, but at the same time, it's just a, a reality. Um, it's hard to get invested in a complex system if no one's going to want to play it. Yes. With you, you know? Yeah. So... So and uh, as a, as a person running the game, the stories that you had of previously trying to use the fight mechanic and your unfortunate uh, outcomes with that, I think also in fact games die because of it. I mean, when I ran Frozen Vice, we tried to run a four on eight combat. It completely broke the evening. Like the evening like ended in confusion and frustration. In uh, Moon of the Mountain Edge, which was with Lisa and Chris. Both players looked at the fight mechanic and went, we don't want to do this. This is just... I think they looked at that and were like, when I tried to run it, they are like, whoa, whoa, what? How does this... Like, they just didn't want to invest that much information into it. And again, both times, Frozen Vice and Moon of the Mountain Edge, I ended up using Bloody Verses, and it worked. Again, it works okay. And one of the things to keep in mind with, with that is that there are there is this... this the first 67 pages of, of Burning Wheel is all you need. Everything after that page, after page 67, are optional systems you don't need to use. And one of those optional systems is fight. And I think really the, the, the point as well here is there's a time and a place to hack something, to bring in something that changes what you want. And this wasn't one of them. It wasn't. Pick your hacks carefully, sirs and ma'ams. I think we did a great job of keeping what happened at the end a mystery uh, in that in that last segment where we talked about what do we do, what do we end up with, what do we settle on, and then we talked about how we settle on the bloody versus mechanic. We mentioned the bloody versus in the very beginning. We said we'll talk about that later, and indeed we did. That was a great. I think we really led everybody up to this point, and then and then sort of settled on what happened. And I think Keeps we did. Me I think it was, that was good. I, I think we did a good job with that. I'm, I'm, I'm patting myself in the back. 
What's did, you, next? Did, did you just, uh, you know, uh, tell your listeners that we played them? Uh... We totally played them. But, but again, the narrative being what it is. This is a, a good, narrative. Good telling of a story? Yeah, a storytelling, a journey. You participate in the journey with us, uh, heading from from there and back again, realizing that what we wanted was always at home. Uh-huh, just like still. Dorothy, who was like, go back to your horrible Depression-era shithole. That's a great place to go. Good times. Poor Dorothy. She should have stayed in Oz. Oh, she really should have. Come on, Kansas during the Depression era, she was sold as meat like two seconds after she returned back. They 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 cut her up and like sold her as burgers and fries. Yeah, I I read was it Faulkner? Was it was somebody with that name? But yeah, I read a book um, about that. It's really horrible. People starving a lot. Yeah, I mean, a place of men is is whole, is, is, whole is crops being burned in front of people's faces, and like people like and because they can't sell it, they're not going to give it away for free, but they can't. Because this is America, it. damn it, we can't. That, so we're not socialists. They burn like these piles of crops while people watch starving. It was absolutely awful. Wow. It reminds me of um, what is it? Uh, one of the local uh, Tim Hortons uh, up here in Canada, where. They will, at the end of the day, toss out that, that day's old stuff. They'll have garbage bags of it. They'll toss out. They will not give it away. Actually, they might have changed that right now. But I was There's been enough that. media um, condemnation on their wastage yeah. that they may actually kind of giving it away. Actually, I think they actually have started giving it away. So you mentioned, that's right. They used to the is so, like, these people are monsters. This food is still good. What are you doing? Uh, so actually, instead of calling them monsters, they were formerly monsters, now reformed. Yeah, now ref- now forced to be reformed. We're monsters in chains. Though it's, you couldn't convince people not to go there. It's a huge chain here. Yeah. People are addicted to that coffee. I don't really know why. It doesn't taste any different than any other coffee. But I don't like coffee, so... Neither do I, yeah. This Wednesday, uh, my group has finished their Halcyon Guard. Halcyon Guard was a hack of Mouse Guard that I wanted to talk about in a future episode. Uh, something I did with the House of Guard. Basically, I took Rome, like the Rome TV series, and Ooh. Resident Evil, and I combined Whoa. them together to create something really weird and neat and awesome. And I like to talk about the arc of what we did to change and hack Mouse Guard to work with that sort of environment, which was something that we all created. Again, a world-burning hmm. session, and then we said, okay, how do we change Mouse Guard to affect this situation, we, we did some, and it actually was, some of the changes were quite superficial. We'll talk about it when we get to it. But now we're going into Dresden Files. I actually have the, I bought Dresden Files. We're not getting the actual books until the end of the month, but I still have all the PDFs and I printed them out. And we're going to try that out. Dresden Files based on the, um, the books, uh, not so much the TV show. And I really love the books. However, they've, none of my, the group that I'm playing with have ever read the books. So, but the game itself is accessible. If you've ever read anything by Neil Gaiman or anything by, oh, I'm thinking by, I'm trying to think of other, other people who have done the modern fantasy sort of stuff. Like, again, oh, yeah. like, 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 again, I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head is, uh, Gaiman is a big one, but anything by, by Joss Whedon stuff like Angel and Buffy, that kind of modern, or Supernatural. Yeah, those good Those are good, those are, it, it's all that kind of world where there's just under the surface are monsters and humanity is unaware of it or don't care or to just look the other way and there's like, you know, ex-gods and, and fairy and all this other stuff and you play people in that world. You use the Fate Engine, it's a lot of, it looks really good. I've played it once at a, a convention a, a couple weeks ago. It went okay. But um, I want to play more. It kind of reminds me of a bit too of Gods Behaving Badly. Like, the, like the, I'm not sure if you read that book. No, I haven't. It's basically the gods have lost some power and they're kind of in hiding and they're like there are these different bit jobs. They don't have they're not very powerful right now. They're just kind of keeping themselves. It's kind of neat, but like they're there, right? And and but it's also it's not it doesn't take itself too seriously. I think yeah, it's small gods is like that too, or not small gods. Um, uh, American Gods. American Gods, yes. Uh, uh, Small Gods is actually a, a Discworld book. I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's a lot of fun. The character generation system in Dresden Files is fucking fantastic. I cannot say enough good things about it. It is amazing. In fact, I am actually wanting to try the game out with another group, another actually another person, and I was wondering if you wanted to come by and, uh, and try it out. John, you flatter me. Um, uh, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm, uh, tomorrow is a Monday. I mean, tomorrow is a unknown day. Yeah, it's uh, a day because we like to keep these timeless, time. so that you'll listen to them in the far future when we when you when you listen through your 
with your cochlear implant inside of your hollow display. I'm pretty sure I'll be there with uh, with ribbons and bows. Sure. If you're, if you're on, good. But you may not see them all immediately. So we'll have to be a delayed ribbon and bowage. Uh, did I just say bowage? Bonage? Bonage? <laughs> John, was, uh, was that purpose or accidental? Uh... Perhaps it was, uh, Freudian, uh, Freudian boob. I mean, uh, penis. But yeah, so if you're into it tomorrow, uh, I'd, I'd love to try out. Jurassic Files oh, works yeah. really well if you have three people to create characters, and I'd love to have you along to, to try it out. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that, that, that's the offer tomorrow. I don't think we have anything else going on. I'm not sure if, uh, our usual gaming with Colin is not, uh, happening tomorrow, I don't think. He'll probably be recover- recovering from the multiple paintball shots to his crotch today, didn't he? Go? No, that's next weekend. Is that next weekend? That's oh, next okay. weekend, yeah. Absolutely. I just want to uh, add a couple extra things here. Uh, uh, one is that the Brilliant Gameologist is putting out five more episodes, uh, Yay, set, which is right very on. exciting. Those guys are um, great. It's always wonderful to hear them. Oh, they're, they're a joy to listen to. They even re-listen to you. Go back and re-listen to the Brilliant Gameologist previous episodes. They're, they're a joy. They're gems. They're all, there's they're so much, like, absurdity sometimes, but they just, their, their points they get through across in the end is just so well put. Yeah, madcap humor plus excellent, excellent focused point by point information. Uh, they combine it together in a way that puts all of us to shame. All of us. Every one of us should strive to be the burning game, uh, the, the burning game just The brilliant game just <laughs> They're so good I associate them with my favorite game. <laughs> uh. And, uh, I, I've also recently been, uh, been playing a game called Cyclades. Uh, it's C-Y-C-L-A-D-E-S, which is really quite fun if you like. Um, mythology, like Greece, and Cyclades is a bunch of islands in Greece, and that's where it's set, and you have these, this ocean area and these islands, and it's, I'm just putting it out there as a fun game, and as well the alchemy, the new set for Dominion's out, and I, we bought it recently. Dominion is so much fun. I cannot tell you enough how much it is fun. Play, play Dominion, be a better person because of it. Be a better person because of it. <laughs> Unless you play with the possession out of alchemy, after playing for a couple of games in a row, you kind of get sick of it because it takes over the other person's turn, and anything you buy with their turn, you get, and it's really kind of being a dick. Yeah, um, that's, and we, that's a legitimate dick move. Not there with militia. We, we, <laughs> militia is not even half as bad as this. Because we all had possessions. We're all dicks to each other. It was just not a good time. We, in the end, we're like, okay, let's not play with this for a while. Yeah. It, it, it was fun. And that's nice bit. that you can always just pull that deck of cards aside and say, let's just put that aside for now. Yeah, I really, uh, I, I would love to try Cyclades, and I would uh, certainly love to play a couple of hands of Dominion. That'd be fun. And, uh, not really very yeah. much fun with two people. Dominion's more of a three or four people game. No, two people actually is quite fun. I think. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, it is. It's quite fun. Two people. I always like the three player because it always creates that. You look know, at three players a little better, but two players still very fun. Gotcha. Awesome, man. And uh, I hope people uh, aren't like John and watch the World Cup. Uh, I think that it's a it's a world sport that that binds us together. Uh, I'm not sure how much I believe that, but I believe at least a little bit. Everybody all watching the same thing. If we can, if we can share a, a common language of sport, much like the Olympics, then maybe we can share a common language of peace. <laughs> um, wow, oh my God! What is wrong? With if you? it didn't come from you, John, it would have been very heartfelt. If Nelson Mandela said that, it would be pretty amazing. Because John said it, no one was like, "Yeah, sure, John." The, the sentiment is there, and I don't disagree with the sentiment at all, John. And uh, on, on, on that wonderful, uh, a wonderful note, you can hack it. Music from You Can Hack It is by Buck65. You can get it free from his website.